0: my whole microphone just slammed down onto my face (laughs) wait you've got to be kidding me let's get this untwisted We wouldn't have it any other way. It wouldn't be a start of this podcast without something chaotic going on. Hello. Welcome back. I am, in case you were wondering, standing once again, standing ovation for you all for listening to this twisty, very freaking twisty podcast. My pop filter is kind of giving me a little bit of a hassle today, so I apologize if the audio sounds a little bit funky. I have this weird structured pop filter that essentially is supposed to clip onto your microphone and it's kind of like a windscreen that I've seen mainly just with podcasts which is so silly because really I should just get one of those foam ones that sits on top of the microphone basically it helps when I make like that noise oh god that was so horrible you're like why did you do that or even just if you accidentally like smack your lips it helps just not make that horrible ear screeching noise in your ears And of course, mine is so horrible. It just tips over every four seconds. So instead of just complaining about the problem, I need to solve it. But that's my explanation and the excuse of the day. How are you doing? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that this is your little break from your day or you're just getting started with your day. Maybe you're working out. Maybe you're just wanting a 45 minute conversation with your hopefully internet best friend. Is that it's a little forward of me, probably. But today I'm going to do a general Q&A episode. These are the absolute most requested episodes I ever get, which I'm fairly surprised about. But I think it's mainly because on YouTube, you know, I get to tell different types of stories. But maybe on the podcast, we talk about things a little bit more in depth. Or if you want to hear more about me, or if you have just general advice questions, this is a really great time to just talk. Because That's what we do here on the podcast. We talk. Why am I? I'm annoying myself right now. Sometimes, you know, you just get into those weird moods where everything you say sounds like verbal bleh. I just know I'm not making sense. I just know nothing is coherent. So I suppose without further ado, let me just begin with the questions before I continue to just ramble on into oblivion. I love you all. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you haven't already followed the podcast, great way to stay up to date on all the episodes. And also shout out to everybody that has been following the Twisty Pod Instagram because I finally have made one first and foremost. And second off, I've been posting a frick ton more, a frick ton more (laughs) sounds so obnoxious. But I think it's been really helpful and really fun. It's a neat way to actually interact with you because sometimes, you know, you're literally speaking into the void, especially with videos or podcasts. I'm staring at a plant right now. The plant's not talking back to me, but on Instagram, you know, you can comment back and forth. It's fabulous. Also, one more last (laughs) housekeeping announcement. Last week, I believe, I'm recording this the middle of February, we reached 100,000 downloads for the podcast, which is... Maybe it doesn't sound like that much to you, but that was so cool to me. I just, I didn't really ever believe in myself that a podcast that I created on my own without a co-host would ever take off. And so I'm just absolutely flattered that you tune in, that you come and listen to the episodes, that you like listening, that hopefully I'm providing a little bit of value to you week after week. So thank you so much. It means so much to me. I'm so lucky to have you here and I'm going to shut up now before I get too sappy. Okay. Liz asked, what are some tips you have on how to start your fitness journey? Also, I love you. I love you, Liz. That is a very big question. (laughs) I'll try my best. Honestly, I would say time and time again, the only thing that works for me consistently is one thing at a time. A lot of times when it comes to our fitness journeys, we get very, very Excited in a good way because we want to accomplish so much at once. Because you know, sometimes you get that excited feeling where it's all you can think about, and you know, you're just so motivated to turn over a new leaf. You're ready to get into the routine. I'm sorry, is there a lawnmower? What in the world? One moment. Okay, I am so sincerely sorry. It sounded like somebody was throwing forks down a garbage disposal outside of my window. I couldn't handle it. I don't even know if you could hear it, but. Bah! disgusting. As I was trying to say, essentially, when we want to start fitness journeys, we get very, very excited. And that's an awesome thing. But really, sometimes we overwhelm ourselves by wanting to commit to too much at once. So something that's always worked for me from the beginning, I talked about this with Janet Domahina in my interview with her, is really just trying to master one thing at once. So you can actually stick with that one thing, Then it becomes a habit and not something that you're just trying to check off of a to-do list. And then it's so much more attainable to have a healthy, long-lasting lifestyle rather than just burning out in a few weeks' time. Just as a suggestion, my recommendation would be to start with something like drinking a bit more water. If you're able or wanting to drink a gallon of water, that would be another suggestion. Or just focusing on one element of your diet. Maybe that's incorporating more vegetables into your diet. Maybe that's having one less fast food meal a week, whatever feels something that's very attainable to you. Do that for, let's say, two weeks time and only focus on that. And then after that time, Once you're the queen of goal number one, you can move on to goal number two, and maybe that's starting a workout program. Workout guides, I would also say, are a great way to get yourself integrated, not only into the gym, but really just into a routine because you feel held accountable, of course, there are a number of free ones, even on YouTube, that I would recommend. Sydney Cummings is a perfect place to start. Caroline Gervin, oh gosh, I hope I'm saying that right. Is she Scottish or is she Irish? I wish I could tell, but I love her accent. Either way, fantastic at home programs. Also, Lily Saubery is amazing. Even somebody like Whitney Simmons has a lot of free workouts on her Instagram. So if you're just lost in the gym, you're like, what in the heck am I supposed to be doing? Just look up any of those ladies, watch some free content on YouTube, do a dance workout in your room. Oh my gosh. Fabulous way to get back into the gym. Start a dance workout. Start any dance workout and you won't even realize that you're working out. Okay. Mallory asks, did you ever find yourself working out to lose weight and how did you deal with that? Honestly, I would be lying if I said that I didn't or I have never thought about it like that in the past. That was probably the main inspiration for me wanting to start a fitness journey to begin with. Granted, this was when I was like 14, 15 years old, but that's how we are like bred in our society nowadays. We're taught that what we have is not good enough or people in magazines are the Ultimate goal when the people in the magazines don't even look like the people in the magazines. I don't think there's anything wrong with working out for a purpose, working out with a goal as long as your goals are healthy themselves. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lose a little bit of weight if that is your goal to live a healthier lifestyle, as long as you're doing it in a healthy way. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there's also beauty in seeing that maybe you're going to go do a workout because it's going to help you have better endurance. It's going to build stronger muscles. It's going to help propel you to live a long, healthy lifestyle. Those are all fantastic goals, but it takes a long time to almost rewire your brain to think about working out in that context. Because how are we not supposed to think about working out in the realm of losing weight? That's what we've been preached at since the dawn of time. Like that's how we're marketed workouts. That's how the fitness industry is run. It's based around losing blank or trying to be like this, trying to strive for something that seemingly feels impossible because that's how the fitness industry earns money. They're constantly needing you to come back for more, to constantly lose this or change that, blah, blah, blah. So of course, I've been down that path and I'm very happy to say I'm on a better journey of just trying to work out for me, work out for my mental health, work out for my long-term life, my kids, my grandkids, hopefully God willing. But my best advice to try and shift that mindset from your perspective is to start by reevaluating why you're doing a certain workout that you're doing. Are you going to the gym every single week and going on the treadmill doing 12, 330 because it's what you saw your favorite TikToker do last week? Or are you going on the treadmill? (laughs) I'm saying treadmill so consciously. You guys are like, why aren't you saying treadmill? Well, I'm trying very hard not to. Are you going on the treadmill because it's what you saw your favorite influencer do? Or are you going on the treadmill because it's what you want to do does that workout bring you joy what will you get out of that workout physically how will it benefit you mentally think about things like that in the context of your workouts and how your workouts bring you joy like literally sit down and be like I felt happy at this part of my workout because it enabled me to feel strong I felt joyous I felt confident in myself those are all fabulous reasons to go kick some butt in the gym Oh my gosh. Also, before I forget to mention this, I posted a few stories on my main Instagram account at Taylor Woods with two L's, basically asking for everybody's all-time favorite gym song. Like the song that comes on when you're maybe in your last two minutes of the workout and the coach is screaming like, you know, give it your all, blah, blah, blah. And you want blank song to come on. What is your go-to hype up sicko mode song so basically I got a whole bunch of answers like hundreds and hundreds it was so stinking cool and I shifted through all of them somehow and put them all onto a playlist on my Spotify account I'm pretty sure you can search up my Spotify it's just my name Taylor Woods I'm nearly positive my username if that's even a thing on Spotify is same as Instagram, Taylor Woods with two L's. But the playlist is called No Skip Workout Playlist because it's that stinking good. It's just fire song after fire song after fire song. But fair warning, it's very EDM heavy. It's very rap. It's very like pump up the bass kind of thing. So if you're looking to like jam out to Shawn Mendes or something, you're not probably going to find that in the playlist. However, I did throw a lot of Miley in because you know, we have to show the queen a little bit of respect. It's just how life works. But I'm excited to listen to the playlist. I couldn't even put it together without almost feeling like I had just taken pre-workout. It was getting me so excited. I wasn't even planning on working out today. And then I was listening to the playlist to just throwing it together. And I'm like, well, gosh, dang it. I'm pumped up now. Like might as well go work out. Maybe that's a good way of getting yourself to the gym. Just turn on a playlist, turn on the no-skip workout playlist on my Spotify, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, gosh, dang it. I I have no other choice. I must go to the gym. Okay, great question from Marielle. Would you go back to working a regular nine-to-five job if given the opportunity this year per se? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've been asked this question a lot lately. I honestly don't know because there's one half of my brain that's telling me you would be an idiot to not go back to work. Like it just feels like a dumb decision to not go back to work. But then there's this other half of my brain that basically is saying you have an incredible opportunity where. You're able to do something that you love, hopefully help people feel loved and feel inspired and feel joyous through the content that I'm creating. So why would I pass that up? Granted, I'm no Charlie D'Amelio, but still, I think that what we have as this cute little community is really empowering and it's very special. And I would worry very much that if I chose to go back to a nine to five job, really, it was like eight to five, eight to six I might not be able to have the same amount of energy to dedicate to the channel, the podcast, etc. because when I was doing work full time before the pandemic, I was doing YouTube and whatnot, but I didn't have a podcast then. I was only uploading like every week, maybe it was a very bad, weird schedule. So it just felt like I never had enough energy because I was so tired from going to work all of the time. But I mean, I just try and think about the long term of things like, you know, retirement, <laughs> 401k, those sorts of things. But if if I'm going with my gut, if I'm going with my heart, then the answer is no. But I also, oh, I don't know, I feel like I'm smart enough to also realize if I receive a really cool offer, I would at least think about it or pursue it in my mind. But I'm not naive enough to just brush that off. I don't know. That was like my own personal thoughts just spewing themselves out to you because clearly it's not something I'm certain about. But here's the deal. I love you all and I don't want to leave you and I'm not searching. How about that? Does that feel more comforting of an answer? I'm not applying anywhere at the moment. What are your tips on having energy in the morning? Unfortunately, I hate coffee. I'm sorry. Love you. You don't need to apologize. I don't assume that everybody loves coffee. Although, I am that person that needs a cup to get out of bed and then a cup to start functioning. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I've always heard. That drinking water in the morning actually wakes you up more than drinking a cup of coffee, which I could probably argue is the truth. It makes a lot of sense in my brain. I always keep a glass or my bottle of water next to me when I'm sleeping. So even if I'm thirsty in the middle of the night, obviously that's a great option. But right when you wake up in the morning, if you just need to take a sip of water, kind of wake your brain up, get your day started, I think that's a fabulous idea. I also, when I'm Being really, really good, which is not often, will place my phone across the room charging, you know, all the way out of arm's length. So I have to get up out of bed when my alarm is going off in the morning. I think that immediately gets me up out of the covers. It makes the decision to move non-negotiable, like I must get up. The alarm is beyond godly annoying. But that's a great tip for even just getting out of bed. Obviously, getting enough sleep, I don't need to tell you Is beyond important. So if you know that your body specifically needs eight hours of sleep, not everybody does, do your own. I guess research on it or just figure out, you know, you know your body best. I'm not going to tell you how much sleep you need, but let's just say you need eight hours. Make sure that you're actually getting that because it doesn't matter what time you're waking up in the morning. If you didn't get your proper amount of sleep that your body needs, it's going to be a really hard time to actually wake up and be productive in the morning. I also need to turn on my lights right away. I need to open the blinds. If the sun is out wherever you're living in the world that early in the morning, however early it might be, I need to. Kind of just get moving because the longer I stay in bed, the worse it is. So that phone thing across the room, foolproof. Next, I would also say have something that maybe you're excited about to wake up for in the morning. Because sometimes if you just wake up and you're just groggy and you're waking up for no reason or you're like, just another day, it's not going to be that exciting and you're not going to have that much energy. I will try every night or even just at the beginning of the week to write out my full to-do list at least before the day that I'm trying to conquer because it helps your mind just feel a lot more prepared for the day. You don't have to worry about feeling overwhelmed in the moment, like, oh my gosh, I have to do this, I have to do this, but you've already organized it out for yourself. You're already feeling a lot more competent that you can take on whatever the day is going to throw at you, and then you can designate how your energy is going to be divvied up in the day. My last suggestion would be to try and get outside in any way possible. If you have a pet, obviously that's a great time to get them outdoors just for a quick little morning restroom break. The dogs love the restroom, but uh, if you can get outside, feel the fresh air, perhaps hopefully feel the sun, or even if it's freezing cold, it'll wake you up. You'll, You'll get a bit of energy and then you'll honestly be in a little bit of a better mood. It's almost like the serotonin just comes and hits you right where it hurts or maybe where it feels good. Such a fun question from Kate what is your favorite purchase under $100 that you've made in the last six months? Okay, last six months would be from August 2020 to February 2021. Now, I'm going to try and think of something that I haven't already told you all because sometimes, you know, I'm a broken record over here. (laughs) I just thought about that for like 10 minutes, far too long. I am embarrassed to admit this I was not wearing sunscreen every single day like I should have been I would often wear tinted moisturizer which has SPF in it so that was fabulous but I never had an SPF incorporated into my daily routine and I am also just as bad at myself as you probably are Right now, sunscreen is so important for you. It's so important for your skin. If you've never seen that picture of the truck driver where half of his face was exposed to the window and the other half was not, and he wasn't wearing SPF, that's reason enough to have you drive down to the drugstore in this moment. Stop listening to the podcast and go buy SPF. Like, it is so beyond important to be wearing sunscreen and I'm so sorry that I'm admitting right now I was never an SPF wearer, full-time. I was a periodic SPF girl, SPF'er. Uh, however, now SPF all the way, so I'm proud of myself. And <laughs> it's the little things, I guess. Okay, Madison asked, how many times do you do HIIT or cardio workouts each week? Okay, so I guess this is a good time to just break down my workout routine. So every single day, I will go on at least one walk. Usually it's about 45 minutes long. Sometimes if I go on an additional walk, maybe it's just 20 minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Sometimes it's just me listening to a podcast, walking Reese. Other times it's a little bit more like fast paced, you know. Um, I suppose that's kind of considered cardio. But for me, I sort of just consider it neat, non activity. Exercise thermogenesis, which I'm learning about as my certified personal trainer courses. (laughs) Specific cardio is really probably two times a week. Usually that's just um, walking or running on the treadmill or running outside, which is usually what I prefer, but I'm a big baby if it's running, if it's snowing there's just no messing around. Like I'm not going to go run. It's just, it's not happening for me. Usually those cardio sessions are paired with a very quick hit. And then I will also do strength training about two to three times a week. So I know that sounds like a whole bunch of numbers, but really I only work out probably four times a week. Most of the time I take Fridays off. A lot of times I take Saturdays off. Um, Sometimes I even take Sundays off. And a lot of times I'll take like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. (laughs) I take a lot of rest days just because sometimes there's not time for it in your schedule. And I used to beat myself up about it. And now I've realized that that's okay. There are other things I can do in my routine to make sure that I'm still feeling like I'm hitting my goals. I'm trying to stay on track of whatever it is I want to hit, you know, so I don't feel just so bummed out for missing a workout because I don't want to live my whole life just centered around the gym. You know, this is why I'm so passionate about speaking for a healthy lifestyle like in the long term because any day of the week I will skip a workout I will skip going to the gym conditioning whatever if it means I'm going to be able to hang out with family hang out with friends do something for YouTube whatever like I would much rather spend my life living than worrying about trying to get in my next gym session so Yes, like I am concerned about hitting those different marks, hitting different cardios, hitting different hit, you know, like doing those different types of exercises a few times per week. But at the end of the day, I just try and do workouts that I enjoy. And at the beginning of summer or the middle of summer, I found a workout gym that I really love and it makes me happy. I feel like it kicks my butt to the core. I have an episode about the first time that I went to the gym and I was absolutely terrified. And it's probably embarrassing to listen back to now, but I finally found something that I like and that kicks my butt enough. And it makes me happy because I'm around other people that inspire me and I feel inspired and I feel like I'm like a kick-ass athlete, even though I'm not. And that's a workout that brings me joy. So that's what I'm going to prioritize my time with. I don't even know if it's really considered hit or cardio or strength training or functional training, what have you. I will learn hopefully once, you know, my CPT continues on. But for the moment, it's just a workout that I enjoy. And I think there was another part of my life where I literally would have my notes app say, okay, Monday is leg day, which leg day means, you know, you're doing these exercises on the gym, and then you need to do 20 minutes of walking on the treadmill. Then Tuesdays are And then Wednesday is butt day. Whatever the heck. But let's say one of those days rolls around and I'm not interested in doing one of those workouts. I used to just kick myself in the booty, like because I was going to be off track or I wasn't hitting my goals. And I think I'm just not the kind of person that can stick to a regimented schedule like that. So I don't stress too much about trying to hit those marks because the bottom line is is I'm a procrastinator. (laughs) It's just the truth. And whether I like it or not. I set myself up for failure when I try and establish schedules like that that just will never work for me, for my personality type. However, I do think they're incredibly effective. I think that's how you can see great progress by working your different muscle groups, by doing HIIT workouts X times per week, by doing cardio workouts, strength training workouts X times per week. But for somebody like me, I just can't do it like that. I have to do just the workouts that I like Each day that I wake up, I say, Taylor, what are you in the mood for? And then I respond and I say, I want to go for a run. And then I also respond and say, that's fantastic. So then I go for a run with myself. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? I don't sweat a lot or I don't get as sore as a beginner. So I would say just right off the bat, my mind immediately goes to your strength, as in the weight that you're carrying or the repetition or even your endurance. So sweat is totally a genetic thing. I mean, God bless you that you don't sweat that much. Are you kidding me? Like, give me your sweat glands. We'll trade you. But (laughs) getting sore is also not an indication of a good workout or not. It's kind of a joke, at least in my book, that, you know, if you get sore after a workout, you're like, hee hee, like had a good time, probably gained a little bit of strength. But really, just because you're sore from a workout doesn't exactly mean that you're building a whole bunch of strength, I guess. So my suggestion would be to almost maybe track what it is that you're capable of in the moment. So let's say, like you said, that you're a beginner. Let's say you can do bicep curls with two pound weights, let's say. Let's say you can do that for 10 reps. But then the next time you come into the gym, you're like, hey, maybe I could try 12 reps Even though you weren't sore, you're still getting stronger because you're able to increase your repetition with the same weight. And then after that, you can start to see that you would want to increase your weight. So maybe next time you're going to the gym, you're going to do a bicep curl with five pound weights, but then you're going to do 10 reps again because you've increased your weight. So don't necessarily associate the sweat or the soreness with a good workout or not think about one how long you can honestly like hold your breath for or at what points in the workout you got more tired because I'm sure you probably still feel fatigued but think about how you feel in regards to your strength building as well (laughs) okay cute question from Emmy she says what was your favorite tumbling skill when you did cheer so I I wasn't the best I really wasn't The most I ever had was a round off back handspring back tuck, but that was only ever on the trampoline, I think. I just didn't have the best form. And when you don't have great form, you don't have great power usually. And I had a lot of wrist problems, even in my round off. I'm probably speaking gibberish to most of you, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Basically, when you're in a round off, you kind of stop midway in a handstand. If you really break down the movement, you kind of Are doing a cartwheel, but then your legs land together. But in the middle of it, you basically do a handstand. And for whatever reason, my wrist, my right wrist would not turn in. I would have to train myself to turn my wrist in. It was just a bad habit I had. So I would lose a lot of power and then I wasn't able to build a lot of impressive skills, I guess. But I loved back handsprings. I almost nearly got a standing back tuck, which would have been so cool if I could still do that to this day. Like I had friends that would be like, yeah, we're in a parking lot. Just throw my standing back tuck, whatever. Um, I wish I was that person, but I had a lot of fears. I just couldn't get over mental blocks. And overall, it's just, if you don't have great form, it's hard to build onto your skills. So I'd say I was more experienced with stunting. I was always having so much fun with stunt groups. And, you know, when you have teammates right next to you, helping you, supporting you, or fixing your mistakes as you're going along, that's so much more encouraging. And it feels so cool to just I don't know, feel like a unit rather than just tumbling is all Taylor, all in your mind. It's such a mental sport, particularly with tumbling. So my long winded answer is around enough back and spring back talk. Okay. Maya asks if I have any tips for eating healthy in college without a kitchen or eating in a dining hall or with sorority food. I did do a episode on this I'm nearly positive I think I'm pretty sure it's called staying healthy on the go and I basically went through everything that I used to eat in college and how that affected me or what were just some good tips and tricks I had um, highly recommend listening to that but spark notes version here number one thing I would say is to not stress about it because you can only do so much with the resources that you have uh, I always felt so bad for my friends with really intense allergies because that's a whole different story and god bless you if you're one of those people as well but let's just say that you don't have any allergies to worry about i think the biggest thing is that we can get so upset and be bothered by the food options that we are offered but at the end of the day we have to be grateful for the food that we have the food that we are provided and yeah sure it's not going to be the healthiest thing maybe nine out of ten days in a week. in a week but that's okay because this is such an important part of your life you don't want to have to worry about what you're eating at all hours of the day it's just one less thing that you should be having to stress out about so just don't worry too much like I know it feels kind of overwhelming and annoying but do your best to make the most of whatever options you are offered and just be grateful that you do have options at the bare minimum. Um, If you do have a budget and or a car or a way to get some sort of non-perishable items or even just healthier snacks, things that you can have in your own room, I would highly suggest that. If you have a fridge in your room, you're golden. If you have a microwave in your room, you're golden. Stick with things that you can use in either of those appliances. For example, even if you just have a whole tub of peanut butter, apples, Oatmeal. Go hard on the oatmeal. Get oatmeal with protein or if you have a refrigerator and you're able to do, um, this could be gross, but eggs in the microwave with, with oatmeal. I've never made it, but I've always heard good things about savory oatmeal. And yeah, you can't use a stove, but why not the microwave? You know, I'm a big fan. Sweet potatoes, they do not go bad for such a freaking long time. I get a huge pack from Costco. It's not expensive whatsoever. I have them for forever. I'd keep them in my cupboard. So maybe put them like underneath your bed if you have under the bed storage. Get a whole bunch of really healthy snacks or things that are pretty filling, maybe good protein bars that don't have a bunch of additives in them, things that are just kind of nasty. If you're kind of stuck for options or if you just are absolutely fed up, you at least have good things that are of substance as an alternative in your room and yes you know those aren't meals on their own but even like I said like go ham on the oatmeal go ham with the sweet potatoes that's what I eat now (laughs) or if I mean if you have a refrigerator throw lettuce in there throw other things that you know you could snack on like carrots or uh, peppers I'm even getting hungry kind of talking about this, to be honest with you. But bottom line, just try not to stress out about it because I would beat myself up and I would get so mad. And then sometimes, you know, you just get frustrated, but I wish I was just more grateful in the moment that I even had food to eat, whether or not it was food that I liked or I didn't like, it was still something. And that's not something that everybody can say. Not everybody has a warm meal provided for them, whether or not, you know, we're paying for it directly or indirectly with your tuition. Still, it's important to Just remember, you know, how grateful we are to be able to have an education, to go to a dining hall, to have a sorority home. Like those are all things that we should, you know, not take for granted. Perfect last question from Michelle. She says, I'm struggling with budgeting. How do you stop making unnecessary or impulsive purchases? Michelle, you are preaching To the choir. I am the queen of impulsive purchases. Thank you, TikTok. Like literally, I go on the app, somebody recommends something from Amazon, before you know it, it's on my doorstep. It's absolutely uh, terrible in every way. But I'm like, oh gosh, well, I just, I sort of need it. But you know, you never do. Honestly, I use a lot of apps to help me stay on track. A lot of people love a good old fashioned Excel sheet or even just a budgeting journal, you know, pen and paper. But because everything is so transactional with credit cards, you know, we're in the age of plastic. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm like, try to use the phrase, I don't even know it. In the age of plastic, budgeting apps will save you like crazy. So, I have Mint. I think that is my main one that I like to use, but my friends have a few different other ones that they'll recommend as well. Even if you just go to the App Store, Google Play, whatever, there'll be just a bunch of different options for budgeting apps. And most of the time, you can safely link your debit account or credit account, whatever, and it will essentially log all of your purchases. And then you can even divvy up what those purchases were meant for. So if you paid for your rent that month, then obviously, you know, that's a rent expense. But if you have four charges from Amazon and it's all sort of miscellaneous or maybe it's just beauty products or something that wasn't an absolute need, then you can start to just kind of pile up all of your expenses and you can see, holy crap, I'm spending like $500 more than I should be or or whatever your numbers are, you know but a lot of those apps allow you to budget out your month. So if you say, "All right, I have an income of $100 and I'm only going to allow myself to spend 50 of those dollars, I'm going to put 10 of them in saving." So it's a good way of being able to actually measure realistically instead of just telling yourself in your mind, "Oh, I really haven't spent that much money this month" because sometimes you can look back at your statements and be a little upset with your past self or your 2am self scrolling on TikTok and then heading over to Amazon. Like it's a bad path. And I think we've all been there, but especially right now in quarantine, like what the heck else are we going to do all day? Like we sit online and we go online shopping, we make up excuses and life happens. And sometimes, you know, you need those therapeutic purchases. I certainly think that I do sometimes. But having something that's going to keep you on track mindlessly that does it in the background without you having to do too much of the work, I think, is a phenomenal idea. Highly recommend it, or at least recommend looking into it. Also, just while we're on the subject of money, and I can be all, you know, Mama Taylor here for a second. um, If you haven't already, open up a Roth IRA. If you haven't already, uh, put some money into savings if you haven't already acorns is a good app acorns I have because it rounds out all of your purchases into a savings account so if I spend a dollar and fifty cents it takes, that additional 50 cents that would have rounded it up to two dollars and it puts it in a savings account that I don't even know about so it's almost doing it without me thinking so every time I make a purchase it just rounds up the cents and it goes ding 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 Taylor you got four bajillion dollars I'm like oh my gosh I'm a bajillionaire it's absolutely fabulous thanks (laughs) signing off as your bajillionaire podcaster this is Taylor Woods (laughs) <laughs> what the heck did I say it like that who the hell am I thank you so much for listening to the twisty pod I need to go I'm in a weird mood it's Friday at 4 15 I think that's going to be the explanation and God bless you for listening to this I love you all so much give the podcast a six-star review they don't even allow it but just try give it a six-star review leave a comment saying Taylor you're the bee's knees follow the twisty pod on Instagram and I'll talk to you next week <laughs> bye